0: Um, not really, but, um, I got some, uh, audio experts that's going to uh, help me, uh, funnel that out.
1: Okay. All
0: right. Um, I'm going
1: to try to kick you back. How's that? As far cool. as, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. I'm trying to run the mic, uh, so that it's not so hot.
0: Okay. So uh, I got to ask, man. uh, So how many people do you got working for you?
1: Uh, Currently, not enough. Okay. I got one, two, three, four, five. I have uh, approximately eight people right now between two locations.
0: Okay. And uh, you're in Gary, right?
1: Yeah, Gary, Indiana. I got uh, one location in Gary, Indiana. And then I got another location in Oakland, Illinois, and then we got another location going up in uh, South Side of Chicago.
0: Okay, so you're just expanding slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah.
1: That that location has been ready to open since uh, July
0: of uh,
1: this uh, of 2020, but I haven't been able to open it because I haven't found time. <laughs> So I'm literally paying lease on a location that I ain't sold nothing
0: out of. That's crazy. And 2020 is just... Well, 2020 was uh, an animal for everybody. And now, you know, I mean, due to, you know, new constraints, everyone had to find a way to pivot. And I see that you found your way to pivot it throughout all of this. You know what?
1: I and I can't take... So this is the thing. I can't take claim for it. I'm a very... uh uh, I'm 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 a, a believer in God, right? Mm-hmm. And I think God does everything for a reason. Uh, this was seed that I had been planting for about a year and a half prior to 2020, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just that um, things happened that it prospered at the right time. It's almost like I don't know how familiar you are with the Bible, but it's the uh, almost like the uh, the story of Joshua, okay, where he had the, the the king had the dream, and he had them prep the fields and things like that, and all of a sudden, you know, in the time of famine, uh, the 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 land of Egypt was prosperous. So that's pretty much kind of where how I see it, you know. Uh, it was one of those things that in the time that. Uh, I was trying to, uh, that I took over the business. Mm-hmm. I was planning to see you know, I knew that the internet was going to be the route, to go. that's going to be the route that got me over the hurdle. And, um, uh, man, things, one thing happened after another. I cannot attest it to any brilliance of mine.
0: Okay. So this was a family owned business that was handed down to you?
1: Well, no, it wasn't. Actually, two of my best friends that I grew up with started the business in 2008. Okay, and they always, you know, they always made the claim that it was recession proof because they started it at the beginning of a recession. Two thousand and eight was when you know the uh, what was it, the housing crisis and all of that, and we had that little mini recession. Mm-hmm. They started uh, the popcorn business, and then in two thousand and thirteen, they started talking to me about coming on board because they wanted to grow the business. And they were trying to figure out, you know, what was wrong with it. So they brought me in, and we opened up the Oak Lawn location in 2014.
0: That's that's dope, man. Yeah. I, um, I, I gotta say that I uh, I don't know about you, but you know, zooming with the homies got me through a lot of mental constraints in 2020. And um, I kept hearing, you know, to hear give you a shout out, and I'm like. I had people calling you Lebron and all this other stuff. I'm like, I could have swore. he said his name was LeBaron, and right. <laughs> everyone's talking about popcorn or popcorn world. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a try, and I placed a couple of orders, man. And you know, I was going to have to uh, hit T here up on Instagram and say, hey, man, you're right. You ain't got to pay me back because the popcorn's good. So okay. I I uh, uh, I finally got a chance to shoot a video when I got a fresh box and um. And now I'm paying for it because my sister saw the video and she's like, I didn't get no popcorn. So she took what I had. Now I got to replace everything I just bought.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I, it's a good thing for me.
0: <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. So, you know, my, the goal of my show is to uh give people who have companies or product to, you know, uh, uh, speak about uh, not only them, but what they're doing, how they got there. And I like to spread the word to anybody that's already doing something. So Tahir spoke so highly of you that I was like, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to see if I can actually get them on. And I was I was actually surprised you you uh, responded. I figured you would have been way too busy to respond to a DM, to be honest. You know what? Um, I try to, this is the
1: thing, I try to build from the ground up. You know, everything grows from the ground up. You know, a lot of people uh, tend to aim at the top, the high fruit. You know, but the usually the ripest fruit is like they're you know on the lower level. So i I try to I try to be accessible as much as possible. You know, because there's a a lot there's a lot more people that are reachable to me than there are people that are unreachable. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times when you get people that uh don't have time for the dms that's because they're like only looking at the you know the high volume uh dms so i, I try to stop stay on top of mine that's that's what got me this far, you know so uh, if something ain't broke don't fix it
0: hey you ain't never lied about that so i'm going to get into this introduction and i'm going to bring you in and just have you uh introduce yourself a little bit to my uh audience all right
1: Okay, give me one moment. All right. I they're right here in this cabinet. I'm
0: sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. So, you ready? Yep. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, the Land of Legend, AKA Big T. And this is another episode of the I Can't Make This Up podcast. Uh, I'm honored to have my next guest here today on the show with me. I heard about him while watching the show, Zooming with the homies. And to hear more, kept shouting him out and bolstering about his popcorn, his company Popcorn World. And when I checked it out, I found out that the product is phenomenal. And the only proof of that is this guy right here. Uh, He is a public speaker. College graduate, CEO, a man of faith, tech guru, and he's given over Redenbacher a run for his money. I want you to give it up for my next guest, LeBaron Burton, people.
2: Huh. Man, <laughs> man look, thank you, thank you. Now I feel
1: special.
0: <laughs> well, you know, when I did my research on you, I was uh I was surprised to see how much stuff you had your hands in, and now I see where the uh the the lore comes from because you know uh you got a very extensive background when it comes to education and business and talking to you a little bit i i see i see why you're the man the myth the legend oh wow
1: <laughs> man now you leaving me speechless i've never been uh, described as that <laughs> i
0: mean hey i mean uh when you when you doing everything right and you staying on your path um, you gain a reputation without trying and you know, uh you deserve the accolades, man. So uh do not you introduce yourself to my audience right quick for me?
1: So I am the Baron Burton. I am a father, husband, I am the owner of Popcorn World, the world's largest popcorn store where we make over two hundred and fifty flavors of corn. Uh we got two different types of corn. We got about savory with you know, anything from Crab legs, dill pickles, the loaded baked potato, all the way to our gourmets, hand coated in a fine chocolate and hand coated in other premium ingredients. Things like our candy bars and coated and, uh, the actual candy bars and steak. We got Oreo cheesecake coated in natural Oreos, uh, banana pudding coated in real vanilla wafers. We just, a uh, premium pro- product. And we try to, uh, You know, we've established our business on good customer service and uh, quality of product.
0: So you were telling me that originally this was a business you had uh, handed down to you from uh, two partners of yours. It was always called Popcorn World and then you built it up to where it is now? No.
1: So it was previously called Popcorn Haven.
2: Okay. They started off as Popcorn Haven
1: and they... uh, Started off with, actually, I believe it was 25 flavors, And my buddies, they're two twins and uh, they've known been known to be extremists and I'm a little bit of one myself. So 25 flavors it was like always something that we got to set ourselves apart from everyone else. So once we came up with, uh, once they came up with the process that we come up to coat our flavors, it's pretty much we can virtually do of what people say, we can do it on popcorn. And it just comes down to the process. Um, They started it in uh, 2008. And 2013, they came to me because they they were like, hey, if you ain't made a billion dollars yet, and we've made a million, you need to come on board with us. So, you know, being a business person, I saw the opportunity and I seized it. So I signed on with them, um, helped them find out what was wrong with the business. And what what had initially happened is they had diluted the business model. Because they started off in Georgia. They had about 12 locations in Georgia. And then they had about 20-something locations with all their licensees. But the problem was the licensees came under different names. So essentially, you got a diluted business model because you basically, you know, you're creating competitors. So once I, um, it took a little bit of arm bending to get them to understand that. Then uh, what happened, we were in Food Network Magazine in 2015. And someone contacted me out of New York, the marketing company, and said, hey, can you provide us with your Italian sausage popcorn? Now, that's not, you know, on our, we got a list of 480 flavors. Mm -hmm. Italian sausage probably sits at the bottom end of our list of flavors that we would recommend. But for some odd reason, they wanted it. Me being who I am, instead of sending them that flavor, I sent them that flavor plus about 20 other flavors. Come about five days later, they were like, hey, thank you for all the popcorn. But um, we got a lot of these flavors already. So now we're scratching our head, like, how do they have these flavors? So the article came out in Food Network Magazine uh, in May of 2015. And come to find out, our licensees were getting credit for all of our top flavors. So our company, essentially, the top 10 of the top 25 flavors that they chose across the country were ours under the different brand names.
0: Okay.
1: So that's when they it was a realization, this is a problem we were going to have to rebrand. So 2016, we made the big jump. We rebranded, retooled, got our own packaging done, and they decided to retool in Vegas, which I didn't want to do, but they wanted to do it. So we went to Vegas, opened three locations in Vegas, and that was a little bit of a nightmare for the simple fact that uh, it's hard to manage a staff from that far away. So every two to three weeks, you're driving, out, I mean, flying out there, and you're having, we had a house out there, and it just was a lot, you know. So they had started a ministry down in Atlanta, and they decided, like, hey, you know what? We can't do both. Uh, if you take the business with all the debt, you can have a business, and you just cut us in if you decide to sell it. And that's that's how I took over it in 2018. So, uh, at that point, 2018, I'm a guy with uh, bad credit, not a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm taking over this business. And I just basically decided that, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to need the internet to bail me out. Because it was easier for me to sell on the internet than it would be to draw customers into the store and I had been trying to get them to do that previously. So I started doing that and it got rough. It got real rough. 2018 uh, was really rough. Got about four, about four months behind on lease. I had a, a cool landlord, right? So the landlord was like, Hey, I'm trying to work with you, whatever. 2019 rolls around and I get a customer that walks into the store. Now, my wife had just put in our last $7,000. We're like, you know what, we're going to put this in here because we really, one of the hardest things that our owner with integrity is to walk up to employees and tell them today is the last day, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what uh, got us to put that last $7,000 in. The very next day, a customer comes in and she comes in she's just asking me all types of questions. How's the business doing? Things like that. And, you know, I was like, now, what I didn't tell you was, when we did the rebrand, we did a location change. So we were booming, you know, prior to me taking over.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But when we rebrand, we decided to do a location change. That was like one of the dumbest moves that we could have made because now, all of our original customers think that we closed. All right. And then this new shop pops up down the street that most people are hesitant to try something new. Because they've already got their, their brain fixed on one thing. So they don't want to try this new guy. So we essentially were, were the new guy. So that I was suffering through that, you know, at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So one of the customers came in and she was asking me 50 million questions and I'm like, why is this lady, you know, drilling me? So she goes, uh, so are you uh so I said, well, she said, how are you doing? I said, well just pray for us because I just put it in my last bit of cash. If it doesn't pick up by the beginning of the year, you know, I'm gonna have to uh, do something else. And she goes, well uh, give me your number because I'm thinking about investing. Now I get this at least five times a day, every day, right? Somebody saying that they want to do a franchise or something like that. So I get kind of numb to that conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, A week goes by. My wife and I were uh, feeding the football team because my son plays football, so we're feeding the football team. And I get a phone call. Hey, Mr. Burton, uh, you know, this is you know, she she told me her name is Duchess. She said this is Mrs. Duchess, and. uh, I spoke to you last week. I need to meet with you and your wife. I'm, you know, about the terms of this investment. And, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm still not taking it serious. So the next day rolls around, we come in there, and she goes, uh, "What do you need?" And I'm, you know, I'm still a little shocked. She goes, "What do you need?" She goes, "Let me tell you this." She goes, "Uh." I had a dream that I was growing popcorn. So the reason that I came in there that day was because God had already given me the dream that I was growing popcorn. And I was just waiting for you to say the right thing. So she says, you guys give me the terms. This is the thing. I'm going to give you, uh, I think it was yeah, $25,000 loan on this place. And she goes, you mentioned opening another place in Gary. Now, up to that point, every time I told somebody that I wanted to open a location in Gary, they looked at me like I was growing a second hand. Because it's like, it's Gary, Indiana. Like, how are you going to, you know, you can't do a good business in Oakland. How are you going to do it in Gary? Mm-hmm. She goes, I'm going to give you 35 for the Gary location. And she goes, the only thing is, is you got to cut me in as a partner on that location. Now, so I'm, now I'm like, okay, so what do you want? She goes, it's not about what I want. You and your wife give me the terms, and I'll give you the check. That was on a Saturday. By the next Tuesday, she had written a check for uh, 50 grand. So we, um, by November 9th of 2019, we had the Gary location open. The Gary location has been the most successful location that we've had in the history of doing popcorn. We averaged, before the pandemic, we were averaging about 120, 130 customers per day. So in our line of business, that's, that's decent. That's nice, right? Mm-hmm. And from there, the internet popularity has started picking up at the same time. So when they announced that we were in the pandemic, I actually closed because I needed a break. Mm-hmm. You know, so I closed for like a month and I did the dumbest thing. I forwarded the phone to my cell phone. And my cell phone, uh, my wife, her birthday is in March, March 19th. And she had mentioned that she wanted the bedroom done. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a breather. We're going to shut down. And I'm going to redo the bedroom, right? The entire time that I was doing that, I was getting notifications, voicemail, voicemail. Messages off the internet. And people were actually irate that we closed. Mm. You know, so we were closed for about two weeks. Uh, and I got tired of my employees, they were the unemployment was getting held up. So I was like, you know what, we're gonna go ahead and open up. We built the glass screens and everything, we went ahead and reopened. And from by that time to here, I had did a shout-out on Twitter and Tahir responded because I actually did a shout-out to Tahir and Kev. Okay. Tahir was the one that responded, and I was like, hey, you know, can I send you some popcorn? So I had sent him some popcorn. And at that time, a wrestler, I think his name is uh, Xavier McDaniels. Okay. Uh, he had gotten the popcorn because someone else, I'm I'm real big in the tech community. So a lot of the tech influencers, I you know, I've kind of grown my popularity in that community. So one of them has shouted out to him. So he did a 30-second video saying that we were the greatest popcorn in the world. That brought us about 150 sales. Boom, right off the door. So I'm like, oh, man, this was nice. So then to hear... He gets the popcorn, he DMs me, he's like, man, this is the greatest popcorn that I've had. You know, he's like, man, this is some great product. And he said, I did you a video. And he shot me, you know, he 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 you know sent me the video. And he had did like a whole minute spot of him, you know, promoing the video. I mean the popcorn. And I put that on Facebook, I put it, you know, you know, through my little Facebook cast behind it. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was happy. I was good. We were getting like 10, 20 orders a day. So for me, that's great. We went from doing 10,000 maybe in a year to like doing, you know, several hundred per day. So then I'm like, okay, good. And then to here, he kept, you know, he sent me his number and everything. And, you know, everything was good. He called He uh, called me and said, hey, I want to have you on the show Because at that time, I wasn't really big on the the comedian, you know, set. Mm -hmm. So I started following him out of respect for what he did. And then I just got kind of caught up in the whole zooming with the homies. And I saw what he was trying to do. So I'm like, man, I got to support this guy whatever way I can. Now, grant you, I couldn't afford it. My wife was looking at me like I was crazy. Because, you know, I was putting those super, uh, not super chats, but those cash outs out there. Mm -hmm. You know, but then what happened after about the second week that I was doing it, I noticed that everybody kept saying my name, you know, and then Tahir kept saying my name. So every night he did that, I would get another order, two, three, four, five, you know. So I'm like, okay, at least we're not breaking a bank, you know, we're at least making that money back. We're breaking even. Mm -hmm. So one day I'm taking my son to school and I got the little Apple watch here. And this thing is going off. You know, I got an order. Boom. Every every order I get comes right here. I got an order. I'm like, oh, got another order. Then all of a sudden, I started getting an order and someone adding on Instagram. Order somebody adding me on Instagram. Order somebody adding on Instagram. And I looked at it, and it it came down to like an order every three minutes. And now I'm trying to figure out, now I'm scrambling, right? Because I'm trying to figure out what's going on.
2: <laughs>
1: so I'm rushing, I'm rushing, I'm dropping my son off and I'm, I'm rushing um, back to the shop. And I'm like, something happened. I don't know what, something has happened on the internet, but we're getting like a ton of order. So we're looking at it and we're trying to scramble to set everything up. Then I thought about it. So I called to here. I said, hey, did you happen to do anything on the internet? Because I'm like getting a lot of traffic. He goes, oh, yeah, we shot the squad uh, squad cast video and it uploaded today. He goes, that usually gets viewed about about 97,000 times, you know, on the first day. Man, when I tell you we had a order every three minutes for an entire 24 hours.
0: That's incredible. That's incredible.
1: I think we did about 80 something thousand that day.
0: And one day. That's what's up, man. Like when I when I, when I seen them talking about it and to hear saying that he had had those samples for Kevin, I was like, I was like, Kevin has a great platform and, and to hear growing his and the fact that it, it reached all depth. And then I'm going through my stories. Everyone I follow is unboxing your popcorn, and I'm like, man, I, I I need to tell somebody about this because I can't be the only one that knows. And then. You know, I'm asking like, you know, radio personalities that I, I contact. I'm like, you ever heard of popcorn word? They're like, no. I'm like, all right, I gotta I gotta put somebody else on. So when I decided to reach out to you, I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to get you some exposure because, you know, you you're a black owned business and you got a crazy work ethic and you're a supporter of people who's who's looking to do the same. So, you know, it was just like it was meant to be for me to have you on the show today. And I, and again, I appreciate you coming in. I mean, I'm looking at you right now. You, you sitting at your desk, you, you in a mask and you working on a Sunday, making it happen. And at the same time, you're doing the interview with me. So, you know, uh, all, you know, my, I take my hat off to you in all
2: aspects.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, man, this is all, I I'm in business, not much, right. Uh, if I wanted to go make money, I could go work for somebody and just make a nice salary for me and my family. I'm, I'm doing this, number one, to break the stereotypes that black, uh, black business, you know, can't be done on a higher level. Not only that, uh, number two, oftentimes we're not on the other side of the desk, right? So when there's guys that come from our communities that have been hit with situations, they get treated like a sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. And that really is like a real pet peeve of mine. So I'm not one to wait for, you see what's happening at the White House, you know, you you know, I'm not one to wait for them because their process takes too long, you know, but every life that we lose, every, you know, situation that goes bad, why am I going to wait for the bureaucracy when I can take things into my own hand, you know, and everything that we do, the popcorn is not the only thing that we do. Like my billion dollar baby is going to be dropped probably at the end of this month. Okay. You know, which is, uh, is, is a major that's going to really, really put things on another platform, you know, I'm the president of a not-for-profit childcare center where my wife is an executive director, and we're the largest uh, childcare center in Northwest Indiana. And we're looking to bring that to the Gary area, where we're going to be looking to build a 30 to 40 thousand square foot building, where we can uh, train people uh, of the urban community, black community, in technology. You know, doing things like this. You know, setups like this, you know, with uh, podcasts, all the things that that we have been deprived of and within our community. Uh, providing our kids that opportunity and not having to go to school and spend three hundred thousand dollars, you know, to go work for someone else. So this is this is the reason why I do this ultimately. Well, that's uh,
0: that's incredible, man. Uh... I uh, I heard about to boasting about you uh, being uh, an expert when it comes to tech. I see you went to Duval uh for computer science, and uh, you went to Indiana U for business management. So tech uh, uh, technical uh, you 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 have expertise in when it comes to like uh, new generation techs and things like that. So this just falls into, uh, I guess, your wheelhouse when it comes to expanding the business. Like, apparently, you're about to change the game with what you're about to drop.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I grew up in church, and, you know, a church, church being a not-for-profit, our child care center is a not-for-profit. I got five kids, and I volunteer on the PTAs, And it seems like every single time you get involved with a non-for-profit, you're always discussing, right, how do we raise funds? That's always the discussion. And that ends up being the discussion for so long that your ultimate agenda never gets across. The the reason that you even exist gets challenged because you don't have the funds to do it. And as being as someone that hasn't, I didn't come from second-generation money or anything like that. You know, uh, um, I think I'm going to coin the term birth from dirt because that's pretty much where we're coming from, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We didn't have nothing. We, I'm, I'm that seed that somebody planted, right? So um, with that being said, I, uh, my entry into the business market, I left the workplace when my second daughter was born. The day that she was born was the last day I ever punched the clock. Mm-hmm. Right? I got five kids. And she's uh she's standing right here. She's what? How old are you? Seventeen. Seventeen in a month, and two months.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So she's seventeen now. And one of some things happened at that time, I left the workplace because I had a business plan for social networking. And at that time, we were shopping it around, empowerment zones, and the black community just didn't get it. And that was my realization that we are so behind when it comes to technology that, you know, us getting things off the ground was going to be a challenge. It was always going to have to be that founder. And, you know, like Apple is a founding company. You know, uh, HP is a founding company. In the black community, we don't have any founding companies in those technologies. So um, at that time, my, my, my business idea didn't get off the ground. didn't get funded. People couldn't see how a free website would make money, right? Um, and even at that time, that business plan to date is probably two years more advanced than what Facebook. If Facebook had been created, and the mindset of that, what that was, they would have never got in trouble with, for what they, you know, the troubles they have with da- selling data and things like that because yeah. they would have been able to make their money an entirely different way and probably be three, four times more valuable than what they are right now. Really? So You know, when that didn't go through, of course, you, you go through your kind of like internal kind of like depressions because it's like, okay, these guys have arrived So this can't happen, right? Mm -hmm. And God just gave me the idea of uh, a fundraising solution for for not-for-profits. And pretty much, basically, what I did was piece everything together that works within fundraising and alleviated everything that doesn't work. You know, so in the schooling system, what's the main problem that they have? They have a problem of parents' participation. Uh, the other thing is, no one wants to do door to door sales. We're not. We don't even have an environment to do door to door sales anymore. So basically, what school bids is is a, uh, and that, that's where I came up with the uh, school bids. And it, what it is is a a, a fundraising solution for not for profits for school systems, where your average basketball coach can sign up and we essentially take something as simple as a pair of $250 AirPod Pros, and that device generates $2,500. If that's cool, and it's the lowest unique bid auction. So it's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever seen a 50-50 raffle. Yeah, I have. Essentially what it is is almost the equivalent of a 50-50 raffle, okay? But it's, it's done in a bid format. So and it's called a lowest unique bid. So we'll take a $250 uh, pair of AirPods. Okay, we'll post them on the site. And what has to happen is, say your school sends everyone to the site. It costs everyone $10 to place a bid. And the person that gets the lowest unrepeated bid is the one who wins the auction. Okay, so that's a 250 bid auction. So after 250 bids have been placed, whoever has the lowest unrepeated bid, they receive the AirPod Pro. Okay. And it's all in an automated process. So it sounds a little bit more complicated than what it really is.
0: Uh, I mean, I I, I followed uh, most of the steps, but I'm pretty sure the website will uh, help walk you through any type of uh, help you would need to uh, make those things happen. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And it's, like, I wasn't even prepared to talk about it. So you're, like, probably one of the early people to even hear about it. And it's only because I uh, I, I found two programmers in Ghana. So when I say this is all done from inception for us, by us, you know, that FUBU rule, mm-hmm. I, I got two programmers in Ghana. Ghana is... A lot of people don't realize Ghana and Nigeria are becoming technology hubs. Okay. And um, I got two programmers that believe in the vision. They, in March, right around the time the pandemic hit, contacted them. We had a discussion. They jumped on board and started programming out the gate. Boom. You know, so once this, this hits and shows that it's possible, Taking, uh, I'm taking a trip out to Ghana and setting up shop. That's and I'm going to do, do like uh, other communities, because when I was doing technical consulting, I found out that a lot of these uh, Indians, Western Indians, what they're doing is they're creating farming systems. So a lot of the, the, the programming and stuff gets done. It's getting done overseas. They got a farming system. You got some 15-year-old, right, doing work to earn money toward a work visa so that he can come over here and get a medical degree. So I'm like, why can't we do this for our community? So why not go over to Ghana, create the opportunities over there, right? Because their cost of living is, you know, the cost of living in Gary is cheap. Mm -hmm. And Ghana is probably a, a third of what our cost of living is, right? So go back to Ghana, equip them with a work visa so they can come back and teach our people coding and our, you know, and things like that.
0: Not everyone uh has the knowledge, and know-how to do the research as far as to, you know, find those uh sources because, you know, there's genius everywhere in all walks of life. So I mean, just hearing you speak about it making me think like, hey. It might be somebody over there that could help me improve my show and get me to the next level.
1: Yeah. 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 And that's that's the thing. You know, like you go to Silicon Valley and you might find a night, not might, nine times out of ten, you're gonna find a a 17, 18-year-old millionaire. You know how often you see that in the hood. But it's commonplace in 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 Silicon Valley. You know, so Instead of me looking at what they got, my whole rule of thumb and business philosophy is planting our seed and creating it for ourselves. Because the grass ain't always greener on the other side.
0: Say that louder for the people in the back. (laughs) It
1: ain't. The grass is not greener on the other side, you know. At least when you plant that seed yourself, you know exactly what you got.
0: You're right. So let me ask you this. What, uh, what created your passion for tech? Just, I don't,
1: man, ever since I've known, I just, I love tech. You know, um, ever since Wendell, because I'm 45. Mm-hmm. So I'm in that generation that was probably saw the end of analog and the beginning of digital. You know, so by the time I would say, but by the time sixth grade came around, we had the computers inside the classroom, and we were playing what was—I can't think of the game. Where in the world was Carmen San Diego? It was okay, one of the games, and uh, I think it was Old Doc Trails or something like that that we used to play. You know, and um, I was just always gravitated to the, toward the computers at the time. You know, and for me, anything technology-wise, anything technology-wise, I was always on top of. It. You know, it's like when it came down to audio, video, I'm an audiophile, I'm a, a video file. Uh My buddies that turned the business over to me, we used to install home theaters on the side, you know. So i just always been a tech junkie.
0: Okay. So, uh, I want to talk about, uh, a couple of your, uh, companies, uh, Burton Equity Group. Uh, Okay. What's that? Uh, what is that exactly?
1: So Burton Equity Group is the parent company that I'm doing all of this on.
0: Okay. Popcorn World, uh,
1: School Bids, all of it will, uh, Umbrella. Umbrella is Umbrella by Burton Equity Group.
0: Okay and Burton Media falls under that, what uh, what exactly does that uh, part of the business do?
1: So, Burton Media has always been, um, um, Burton Media has always been, uh, like, I I do uh, photography, things like that, and, like, my daughter, she's real heavy into photography now, my oldest daughter, So I'm hoping that she's taken that whole photography thing and ran with it. So uh, she has her own company, Mahogany Lens, you know, so she's in school right now. I'm hoping to bring all that in at the Burton Media, because I can do some things with my connections and things. I can uh, do animations and things like that. Web development, you know, all the stuff that I've learned through the processes. Burton Media is set up to in-house
0: all of that. Okay. Well, I've been I've been looking for a source for animation for a while now, and I definitely got to pick your brain about that. So we could talk about that a little later.
1: Oh, definitely,
0: definitely. Okay. So, uh, what is All Things Holy?
1: Okay. So All Things Holy was the original. Um, social media development that I, you know, me being a, a church kid, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was trying to create a platform at a time that was kind of like uh, Christian, you know, bass social media, things like that. And music wise, I'm a musician. I play bass. Okay. I grew up in church. Everybody in my family is a or play. And I can't sing to save my life, so I had to play something, you know. <laughs> so um, one of the things in the music industry uh, is the cost to, um, you know, the cost to get your music out there. So one of the big plays that I was doing with that is so that the average musician come out, you know, up almost like SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And instead of us taking the money, this is my theory, and one of my business mentors always told me you can never undercut free. Google is who it is because it was free. Mm-hmm. Right? So basically on this site, you would be able to upload your music and everything. Right? Sell it, push your music. And we would we would take pennies on a dollar instead of the other way around. Like everybody else. Wants like a 30% cut of what you're doing. You know, and to me, that's like being a pimp. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's digital. Once you build a digital platform, other than the cost to keep that platform up and going, it doesn't cost 30% of all the revenue that comes in. To me, that's just greed, right? But if I got a platform where everyone is making a higher profit, and I'm taking pennies on the dollar, I'd rather take go of that Walmart strategy and take the volume of the penny to get me to where I want to go. Because it's more, to me, it's a, it's a more solid foundation of a business model. So that's what all things holy was. It never really got off the ground because of the, the whole way that social media grew. You know, with Facebook. So once Facebook hit, I knew I had to come another way.
0: Okay. Well, I, I gotta ask, man, um, when is your book coming out? Because I think that, you know, uh your your walk in life and your way of thinking uh doesn't need to be just by heard by just by a a, a few amount of people. I think that a lot of people could uh benefit from, you know, listening to your 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 teachings and your experiences and the way you Um, you know, you go about things because not everyone has that discipline or, you know, that fortitude because I, I, you know, I'm I'm listening to your story and, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, uh, a lot of people wouldn't understand what it took to get to where you are. And I think that, you know, um, you putting something out there would be dope and I wanted to be one of the first buyers, you know?
1: You know what? You're the second person that told me that uh, lately. And I think eventually it's going to be coming. I'm, right now, I'm in a mindset that I need a little bit more proof of concept, you know? Because we get a lot of talkers. I'm on, that, uh, I'm on Clubhouse, right? Okay. And you get a lot of people just, you know, they talk, you know, and they sell you a, a pipe dream or whatever else. So, me, I, I want to get to a certain level, right, where what I'm saying is totally proven. Is not undisputable, you know, at that point, then I, I will be ready to ink it and, and put it out there. Um, especially the whole school bids thing and the whole um, what I'm doing, what what we're gonna do with the childcare center and what we're gonna do for the community of Gary, that's what I want to document. Because for me, it, it does not take a rocket scientist to improve a community. You know, they, they make it seem like it just takes some type of economic scientist to improve communities like Flint and Detroit and Gary, Indiana. Some of these Inglewood and some of these communities in the south side of Chicago. It does It doesn't. The only way you're going to really improve a community and the best way you're going to do it is from within. What's the problem with most hoods? The problem with most hoods is most people in those hoods want out. Right? Mm -hmm. They're trying to get somewhere else. They look at the hood as a prison. Okay? And if we can change that mindset, right? Everybody's looking for their 40 acres and a mule when we really got the 40 acres. You know, because that that very area, uh, that land, we can take ownership of that land. You take all the cities, the blighted cities, right, Mm -hmm. and you go to the city bank, uh, uh, real estate roads, they've got tons of properties, pennies on a dollar. Problem is, the people within that community don't want it. Because they've lost faith in the community and the ability for the community to be anything. And for me, I'm like, we are the community. The community is nothing without the people that reside in it. So there's a couple of things that we're we're looking to do. You know, like something as simple as this. We've got a not-for-profit child care center, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We got families. Most of our families are, I, I would say, my wife would have to clarify these numbers. I'm not sure. But I think eighty percent or more of our families are on government assistance. So most of the we know who needs help, right? And something as simple as us going out and buying a property, fixing that property up, okay, and keeping it within the means of say fifty, sixty thousand dollars. And then I come to you and say, "Hey, the same section eight money that you you're spending right? To this white guy that lives all the way in Naperville, Illinois or these well-to-do communities that you're sending that money to? I tell you what, give us that money and we're going to give you a statue of things that we need you to do to improve your life, you know, financial, literacy, things like that. Okay? Five years from now, this house will be yours. We're going to gift this house to you. If you do everything in the criteria, we're going to gift this house and turn it over to you, and you have ownership in five years. We do that enough times within the same, because a person that owns their property, they're different than the person that's renting a property,
2: mm-hmm. okay?
1: Because when you step out in your yard and you see paper in the yard, that's your yard now. So you know what? Hey, don't drop this in my grass hey, I don't need you standing in front of my house. You see what I'm saying? The conversation changed. Now your neighbor becomes your neighbor. So now it's two of you saying, hey, I don't like what he's doing on this block. You know, we need to move him along. That, That type of mentality, right? That doesn't happen in our communities because I don't own this building the man that owns the building don't care about it. Why should I care about it? I'm just trying to get to my next destination. I'm not going to be here long anyway. That's the mentality that is haunting our community. So with that business model and that business strategy, something as simple as a child care center, right? Mm-hmm. Starting young. Now we're helping the children because we're going to feed them that technology. We get them at two months, they leave us and go straight to the first grade. So they're going to get that technology, right? We're going to make sure that they get that foundation that they need. Now that we're expanding, we're bringing them back instead of putting a basketball and a football in their hand so that they can be a slave to another uh, organization, because that's a whole another discussion, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We can, you know, we can put a, put the ability for them to have their own trade. Okay, and make money. Like right now, you said you needed animations, right? Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't care that it's a thirteen-year-old that's doing your bomb animation. All you care is if the animations are nice, right? Yes, sir. If I take a thirteen-year-old and say, "Man, thirty minutes of this or your time can get you a hundred bucks," it ain't nothing. Nobody can tell that 13-year-old. You mean to tell me I can do something that I enjoy doing and it's going to make me how much? Guess what? The animation that he sell you is not going to be as good as the next animation because now, you know, he's just going to get better. Mm -hmm. Right? That's, That's all they're doing in Silicon Valley. That's it. That's all they're doing. These guys know that this can make me this type of money. The only thing our community has been fed is that your voice, your ability to rap, catch a ball or put a ball. And don't get me wrong. I love sports. My, my, uh, my second oldest, she's, you know, she's the leader of her team right now. You know, and she's balling out. But that's not going to be all that defines her. You know, she's still, she played, she's classically trained. She's playing a, uh, the stand-up bass. So, you know, that's that's what I want. That's what that's what I'm trying to bring to the community. That's that's what I'm doing. That's ultimately what drives all of this. Pop popcorn world is just, just a piece. Just the tip of the iceberg.
0: Exactly. A lot of people don't know. You know, that, that, that tip is on top of a large mass that sits under a large body, uh, that's underneath the water. So, you know, I actually, I had a a local artist on not too long ago, and we were discussing, uh, not being a one trick pony. She was saying that, um, you know, yes, I am an MC, but I'm also a songwriter. I'm also a marketer. I'm also a, uh, uh she she uh she built websites and things like that. Like, you know, she has many skills. So, you know, when the when she couldn't perform live on stage, she went to the next thing. The next thing she got in her folder of tricks, you know, and all those are things that uh people need to understand. Like if you're good at something, that's great, but you gotta think about when stuff like a pandemic hits, you know, when 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 comedians couldn't perform. On stage, what did they do? They moved to the internet. They developed other skills. You know what I'm saying? So giving people uh the knowledge and the information on how to grow, not just as a performer, but as a person and and to pass that along is what needs to happen. Everyone, you know, say I got mines and then they close the door and keep going. You know, crack it, crack it open. And don't don't forget to pass that book along, just like you did when you was in school. You know what I'm saying? Everyone signed that book and said, I got mine, here go yours, you know?
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And um I was so proud of the uh I was so proud of the comedians. Like tell what he's doing, man. I don't I can't tell you how excited I am for what he's doing, right? And not only that prior to the pandemic, there was always this stigma that, you know, those that use the internet, they want real comedians, right? hmm But now, you can see the respect that a lot of what they call the OGs have now for the guys that conquered the internet. Because now what? They're forced. That's how they got to go get their money. You know? So... For me, I look at the pandemic. I told, I, I think I made a post on Facebook, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic and said, for everyone that says 2020 was the worst year of their life, stay away from me because I don't want to be there when God proves you wrong or proves you right. All right. And that's because, right, to me, things like that, pan, the pandemic can be a, a blessing in disguise. Because let's, let's, let's face it, we had something that slowed us down. There's a lot of people prior to the pandemic didn't realize they had some of the talent that they have now. Because what were we? We were a run, run, run society. Boom, 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 go get it, go get it. And we never sat in one place long enough to figure out what we were really capable of doing. We were just born, you know, with the flow. You know, I think Kel, Kel said himself, he don't even know if he's going back, you know, if he's if he looking to do another tour after the pandemic, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, now his eyes are open to what can be done and what really is out there. You know, I, I, I had a chance to uh, speak with Barry Brewer, you know, and he, because he came out to the stop and then he came back out because I introduced him to uh, the local, the, the senator out here in Indiana. And, uh, we were discussing some things and it's like this pandemic has opened everyone's eyes up to look, I can't depend on this one way of life. You know, so you got people, you know, they're looking to open up production studios, things of that nature. That's what I love to see in our community because we weren't having those conversations before. You know, we weren't having those. We were always suppressed to what someone was going to allow us to do, right? But the pandemic puts you in that survival mode that, hey, I got to go do it, you know? And I, that's what I end up appreciating, you know, for for that fact. You know, I'm, I'm sorry for those that lost loved ones and things like that. But at the same time, there's, there's some good to come out of 2020, a lot of, you know,
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think Kev, he hit it right on the head when he said 2020 was the best, worst thing to happen to a lot of people. Um,
2: Yeah.
0: um, I mean, I lost um, a lot, but I also, I quit smoking uh, cigarettes in 2020. I started my podcast in 2020. I started my clothing line in 2020, you know. So a lot of things that I I just was thinking about and putting off, I made happen during that slowdown, you know. And I'm 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 going to give you a little insight. Um uh righteous and ratchet, you was familiar with that podcast? Yeah. Yeah. They inspired me to start my podcast. Um like 5 years ago I was working for FedEx and I I realized what my boss was making compared to what I was making. And I told myself, I never want to make somebody else rich again. And I kept telling myself, I want to do something independently. I just don't know what it is yet. And then I found their podcast on YouTube and I said, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And then I kept, you know, putting the pieces together exactly how I wanted to do it. And then last year when March 16th hit and everything got shut down, I I went in the planning mode. Okay. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? What am I going to call it? And then in June of last year, I started, I started buying equipment. I started buying microphones. I started, you know, hitting up people to do interviews and then, here I have it today. I can't make this up, you know? So I always, uh, you know, try to, uh, support him and, you know, everyone in the all that family that, you know, made me laugh and gave me inspiration to keep going. Like to hear, it was a big one watching him grow, zooming with the homies, uh, yeah. wording is hard. Um, uh, and now, uh, him and Ferris podcast,